August 10th, 2023, I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Coming to you on the road. So you notice my uh, glorious set is no longer behind me. I'm doing with a makeshift here. Trying to make sure I don't wake anybody up. But we have a great show lined up for you today. Of course, the great Bill Curlick and Mark Porter will be here shortly and we will get going. But this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices. And the path forward isn't always clear. If you have kids, you know this is true. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. I know for me, sometimes just talking through things with someone is super helpful. We can all get in our own heads and getting out of that state and sharing your thoughts with a person, let alone a trained professional. And getting feedback can bring a ton of clarity to your situation. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your mat with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bucknuts today. Slash Bucknuts today. Excuse me. To get 10% off your first month, as always, these ads are built for you guys to thrive. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bucknuts. Again, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now I've got to bring in my guys. Hold on one sec here as I maintain the admin. And look who it is. The great Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter are here. We are going to focus heavily on questions from the peanut gallery today. Got some great ones loaded up. But generally speaking, Bill, you just did an article about the state of recruiting for Ohio State. It's uh, obviously better than many of our nutters think. Bring us up to speed on where we are and maybe the most immediate commitments coming or not. Well, to, to, I guess to summarize um, that article, uh, first of all, Ohio State has the number two class in the country. Um, they are behind only Georgia. So it's hard, uh, pretty hard to say the Ohio State is really struggling when you're number two in the country behind only Georgia. If you look at the player average uh, per recruit, uh, Ohio State has the number one class in the country, very slightly over Georgia. Georgia just has more commitments. Um, I looked at the players that have committed to Ohio State since making official visits in June, and Ohio State has seven additions. They are five-star defensive lineman Justin Scott, as well as cornerbacks Aaron Scott and Bryce West, uh, tight end Damarian Witten, uh, cornerback Miles Lockhart, and safety Jalen McClain. Um, I then looked at the big kind of the bigger misses and there were 
seven of those, uh, Kingston via Ama Asa, linebacker, uh, KJ Bolden, the safety, Dylan Stewart, of course, defensive end, Jordan Johnson, Rubel, safety, Marquise Light for the defensive end, a linebacker, Edwin Spielman, and a wide receiver, Elijah Moore. So there have been misses, obviously. There always are. Uh, you're not going to get everybody, but there have been some outstanding additions. Um, you know, I kind of looked at some big wins over Michigan. High State's had four big wins over Michigan on the recruiting trail in, in recent weeks. Of course, uh, uh, the two cornerbacks, Aaron Scott, who a lot of people thought was going to go to Michigan. That was a huge win. A lot of people thought Bryce West was going to go to Michigan. That was a huge Ohio State win. Uh, Justin Scott, many people thought he was going to Michigan or maybe Notre Dame. He picks Ohio State. And then Nigel Glover, the transfer portal linebacker, picks Ohio State over Michigan. So there were some big wins over Michigan recently. Um, um, some people have complained about uh, defensive line recruiting. I made the point that actually when it comes to defensive line recruiting, defensive tackle recruiting has been pretty good in the past year. They've brought in the commitment from Justin Scott, a five-star they brought in Will Smith, who Mark and I uh, talked about ad nauseum. Uh, Caden McDonald from Georgia they brought in. Jason Moore they brought in. Tywon Malone. Um, so you can win with those guys without a doubt. Those are some high-quality additions of defensive tackle. The place that they've struggled the most, no question, is on the perimeter at defensive end. They lost the big three last year. They missed on Dylan Stewart. Um and so far, at least, they've missed on Marquise Lightfoot, though that one is not necessarily completely over. They're still recruiting him. Um, and we'll see what happens there. Um, let's see what Miami does this season and how everything goes. Um, so the defensive end spot has been the troubled spot. And that brings up what you mentioned, Dan, commitments possibly coming. They really need to get Edric Houston. He's still announcing on August 22nd. I still have my crystal ball on him for Ohio State, but that one is absolutely huge, uh, one that they need to get. But uh, the other thing I thought, one of our posters, when I wrote that article, brought up a very good point. Uh, someone said, well, uh, the commitments they're getting on defense are, are not up to what they're getting on offense. And someone did a, uh, a, a little breakdown. Uh, High State has 12 offensive commitments. They have seven defensive commitments. But the player average for the defensive players Ohio State has committed is over 94. The player average for the offensive commitments is just over 92. So actually, for what they have, they just don't have as many, but the quality is very high for the defensive players they have committed. And if they get Edric Houston, it's going to go even higher. So uh, the sky is absolutely not falling. Ohio State has been and continues to recruit very well. Just the one spot in particular that has been difficult is defensive end or edge. Mark, nobody talks to college coaches out there as much as you do. Um, and by that, I mean ones outside. You talk to the Ohio State guys, but also outside the mix. We've done a good job here for the beginning, kind of given the Ohio State perspective from Bill's point of view which I would think would be the most realistic. And then we know the fans aren't super psyched. Do you get the sense that the coaches you talk to think Ohio State's slipping or that this is uh, 
first world problems coming through and they would they would beg to have them yeah it's almost comical and and exactly what you said these are problems that they wish they could sit around their staff room and worry about like oh we didn't get marquise lightfoot but we're gonna get this guy you know um it's like the womanizer who has seven really good looking girlfriends but he's looking for the next one and the next one because as fans and as spoiled people, you're always looking for the next shiny thing. Uh, as a little kid, you always go to the toy store looking for the new toy, and you forget about all the great toys you had before and how much you loved them. And, it, and it's a real first-world problem for Ohio State. It's so fun to be the front runner and to be picking from all the shiny objects. And it's and I think what we suffer from is you fall in love with them because they're really awesome. They're, I mean, there's players that you're like, wow, I would love to see this. And when they go other places, it, okay, uh, we don't get everything. And I think that's what we suffer through. I mean, I've, I've been back at Bucknuts for three years or so now, and I, I remember this feeling of, wow, we get so much of what we want. Um, we really, when we stand with college coaches and they're standing with the Ohio State coaches, they joke with Ohio State. Like, uh, I was there this summer, and a college coach said to Ohio State, please tell me the two or three you want. So I can start working on four, five, and six. You know, like they know that they like no, we can't beat you. We can't take your guys. Um, so you know, don't play with us and let us think we have a chance, so to speak. Um, but but I get the fans' perspective. I really do. I, I I but I understand it from a my reality is what the college coaches like Dan saying is. Yeah, they, they would love. They all aspire to be Ohio State coaches. They would all drop down a rung from their current position to go be a grad assistant or quality control just to get on staff and get in that door. Um, so we're rare air. And yeah, when you pick at the top of the mountain every year, it, there are a lot, of, a lot of shiny things that go other places that will drive you insane. But yeah, looking at it from everybody else's point of view, you, you're in a good seat. I would encourage everybody to go look at the state of Georgia, even though they're number one. If if Ohio was going through a recruiting cycle like this, people would be bugging out. They are losing several players. They just got a commitment flipped away, Peyton Woodward. But keep in mind, Edric Houston is from Georgia. So imagine if this was someone coming in to get a big-time guy from Ohio. It would be completely screwed around here. So respect is important. Way, William. By, by the way um, – People don't realize how much talent Georgia has right there. Uh, last year, Georgia had over 300 players sign Division One. 300. Ohio had not too far over 100, I believe is right, Mark, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's a huge difference. They got There is so much talent in the state of Georgia. And then they've got Florida as a contiguous, contiguous state right next door. Uh, as well. So that is a big advantage that Georgia has uh, in the talent pool right there. That's a staggering number. Mark, What I know you know these numbers better. I'm not trying to ambush you. Yeah. But what's, what's a good year in Ohio, and have we ever had 300? No. Uh, let's, let's go like this. Uh, California is about 400. Texas is about 400. Uh, Florida is about 400, give or take. Um, Georgia is the 300. And then you get in the Ohio, okay? And when I started doing this, I, I put it out every year on signing day. We had a year where we had 162 Division One players. That was our record. Uh, we were usually around 130, 140. COVID hits, 
and we've dropped down. It's been 85 the past couple years. Okay, 80, I think it was 80 last year, maybe 85 this year. So that COVID bubble plus uh, colleges keeping fifth-year seniors plus the transfer portal, all three of those cyclones hit at the exact same time, and it put a ding in the Ohio numbers. Now, the dirty secret with the Ohio numbers is if it was usually 125, 115, we have Army, Navy, and uh, Air Force that, you know, take 10, 20 players out of here a year because they have the unlimited scholarships. So that may inflate the numbers. But we also have the MAC conference in Ohio, which right. the MAC predominantly will take half their class from Ohio. And, yeah, they'll go other places and, you know, recruit. But so our numbers, you know, get a little bit bumped up with Division One because of the MAC and some of those other things. So in regards to Ohio State, what kind of power does Ohio have? 30, 40 guys every year that they need to know and they need the pound, which they'll get the 10 at the top if they want them. Perfect. You cannot get a better explanation on it than that. That has been Mark's lifeblood. We're going on decades here. My memory has not even served me that great. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back here. And it's everybody's favorite part of the show coming up. You know what it is. It's Manscaped ad time, people. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Manscaped as well. This is the premier company for below-the-belt grooming uh, possibilities. I've talked about this before, and there's been some jesting about on the message boards. My son is all prepped for college now. Like I said, he was saving money to get one, and uh, thankfully we got some pro bono here. They sent us the entire package for Manscaped. It's got your oils and your creams and your your razor in there. There's a complete package, and these people do an incredible job. It is a little bit of a, a tenuous subject for some people, but Manscaped is becoming like a verb or something. It's becoming the uh, the true standard for the business. So as you look on the bottom of the screen there, those watching us live, go to manscaped.com and use code BUCKNUTS for 20% off and free shipping. You unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, many of you jest, I actually got a note from our advertisers that there's been strong activity with the Bucknuts promo on Manscaped. So some of you guys are just uh, running your mouth about here being nervous about it and uncomfortable, and then you're going and purchasing and looking great. So we appreciate that. All right, back to the questions. Um, got some good ones. And these two are going to have a different vibe coming up soon because Friday nights and some Saturdays will be taken up by high school football. Um, really the lifeblood of all we're talking about here. So a great question comes in from Tom Paul. He's got a couple really good ones today. As high school gets going, what games will be your first for scouting recruits? Let's start with the director of Scouting Ohio. Okay, so uh, what I usually do is I try to see every team once that I need to see, which means I'm probably going to see them for a half so I can see more than one game on a Thursday night and more than one game on a Friday night, which means during halftime, I'm usually running from one game to the next, which doubles my pleasure. Uh, beginning of the year, I have to uh, go on the news every night or on Monday nights here in town, uh, and I talk about local recruits. So I like to get a jump start here in, in town and cover a lot of local scrimmages if I can and get a local vibe. So once I hit, you know, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, I'm not in Youngstown as much on Fridays. I at least know what I'm talking about when I talk about the local prospects. That being said, 
Canfield has their first scrimmage tonight versus Louisville. Uh, I think Ursland is uh, playing Glen Oak at YSU, and Boardman is St. Vincent, St. Mary. So I have some great options tonight here in town. Um, as we get into week one, the best game I saw as far as Ohio State uh, Thursday night is Withrow and Walnut Hills. I might go down and check out Chris Henry, you know, try to get a peek from him. Uh, Friday night, I have not settled on, but I noticed both of the Pickerington's have excellent matchups, so that may sway me there. I'm, I'm dying to see Samuel Williams-Dixon in the mm. new uniform and see what he looks like. Uh, Saturday, the, the teams that were big, like Hoban, and uh, they're playing teams from out of state, which means I may not go see them, but there are some Ohio State prospects <laughs> in play on Saturday. They're just not playing Ohio matchups, which is sometimes fun. They have those national matchups with national powerhouses and national prospects, which um, the Wilt Fongs and those guys of the world will probably be more, you know, jacked about that. I may be at a, you know, a smaller two Ohio schools playing that day. Not that I wouldn't like to, you know, enjoy those games, but, I, but I'll see those. You know, the thing is, I, I have a rule where I hate to go see some of the best teams in Ohio right out of the gate because what do you think I'm going to be doing in the playoffs? And it's, yeah, I, I start beating that drum all the way through the season. And it's by like week eight. I'm like, yeah, I've covered Pickerington five times. And I think the fans are tired of hearing me talk about those guys. And I think genuinely some of the best work I do is finding the guys that nobody's talking about. So <laughs> when we say Tavian St. Clair last week and last year in week seven or eight, we were talking about him and people were like, where did he come from? It wasn't a surprise. And and I hope I can do that for the Bucknuts viewers, that if they are with Bill and I, that the kind of coverage that they, you know, come to know from us is going to be that kind of breaking the ice and always the cutting edge type coverage, or we're not doing our job. Yeah, Bell Fountain is out there, man. It's considered a – that's Tavian St. Clair. It's considered a uh, Dayton area school, but it, it is out there. Um, I'm on the road possibly at that state up north. Don't worry. I, I've been wearing these around for any of you who got them. I've been rocking my Ohio State Nikes. I'm wearing as much red as possible because I see a lot of opposing gear. But I, we I think you need to get – can we get like a podcast team shoe? Can we get a scroll across <laughs> the bottom that we can all go have those shoes mailed to our house, yeah, please? Mark, funny you should ask. If you're an Ohio State uh, Bucknuts newsletter subscriber – you would have gotten the email that sent you those. Those have come out for every school, and they are fire. But uh, we drove past Bell Fountain, and it is out there. Um, Bill, will you be making the trek to Bell Fountain at some point this year? <laughs> Undoubtedly. Um, uh, the way I do it is a little bit different than Mark because uh, I, I want to interview the kids um, as well. Um, and you do that after the game. So, Mark goes to two games a night, half at each game. I just, I stay at the same game because I need to interview that player at the end of the game. Um, and the way I do it is I, I get the schedules uh, of all the Ohio State commitments, of all the Ohio State targets, um, and then kind of lay them out, look at the broad picture and base things on proximity you know, who's playing close that I don't have to drive far and based on things as who I need to see as well as what games might I be able to see multiple prospects at the same game. Um, the first game I'm going to is a lot based on 
proximity and seeing multiple guys. Um, Carter Lowe from Toledo. Toledo is about a two and a half hour drive or so from my house. Uh, but Carter Lowe is going to be a five minute drive from my house on week one. Uh, his Toledo team is coming down to play Olin Pangee High School, which is literally a five minute drive from my house. So I'll go see that one uh, because I, I need to see Carter Lowe and he's going to be five minutes away. Um, I'll also, though, get to see uh, Jackson Wiley, who Ohio State is interested in playing for Olin Pangee. So that'll be my first stop, the Toledo Whitmer at Olin Pangee game on August 18th. And it should be a good one. Grunkan Meyer is playing, of course, for Olin Tangy, a Penn State commitment. So that'll be a good one. Um, but as far as that, after that, I'll just basically put the schedules out and see where I need to go. Um, I'll see Tavian St. Clair for sure, maybe more than once, but definitely once. But um, when I looked at his schedule and, and talked to him about it, his first really bigger game is, I think, the fifth or sixth game of the season. So I may wait till that game to see him play because he plays a better opponent that week. All righty. We're getting some uh, interesting questions on here. Let me do this. And we are not bashing the fans, believe me. We love the fans. Let's talk about this guy, Elias Rudolph. There's been some more talk about him because of the defensive end deal here. He's obviously committed elsewhere, former Cincinnati dude. And I don't know if he's still in Deerfield Beach because once he committed elsewhere, I have to admit I didn't follow that. But, Bill, how do you think they feel about Elias Rudolph? Well, he, he was and has been on their radar screen. It's just that they had other guys higher on the board. Uh, they had Dylan Stewart and Edric Houston and Marquise Lightfoot as examples, higher on the board. Um, they did want him then to wait and make his official visit uh, till the season started, and he did not want to do that. He wanted to make his official visits, and he wanted to get recruiting out of the way. He visited his schools. One of them was Michigan, and he committed to Michigan. Uh, might Ohio State get back in on him? You know, I wouldn't rule it out. I think they'll wait. They'll look and see how he's doing it all and, and look at all of their options on the board and, and see how that goes. But uh, uh, can they flip him? You know, I don't think that would be easy. I think he liked Ohio State a lot, but now he's committed to Michigan. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. But right now, um, Edward Houston is their focus. Uh, they also I brought up. Ernest Willer in an article yesterday in my rumblings mm -hmm. column. He's a guy that I has played a lot of defensive end, defensive tackle, you know, type uh, positioning. He's good, got moved around a little bit. And he was at uh, Bradenton IMG. He is now back in the state of Maryland at Concordia Prep, uh, where he will play his senior season. But he is someone that uh, has told me, that he is very interested in making an official visit to Ohio State, so he's someone to keep in mind as well. Mark, you can see the question there. Could you see Ryan, that's from Thomas Mattia. Could you see Ryan Montgomery committing to Ohio State, neither Ryan St. Clair or Montgomery taking a red shirt? Thomas hates losing quality Ohio players to other teams. What's your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, with Luke on the team, I could see Ohio State taking his commitment if he wanted to be there. If he said, hey, I want to be a Buckeye, I, I think they would, I, because I also think scholarships are becoming irrelevant. 
Um, if you wanted a kid to be there, you could give them the 30 or 40 or 50,000 for tuition and, you know, make room, so to speak. But in reality, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, every player's goal is simply to play. You know, you forget that all these kids love this game and none of them come there to stand on the sidelines and be cheerleaders. And taking two players in a class, running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks, it's it's tough. You know, by default, de facto, one of them will be sitting. Yeah, uh, you can redshirt, but that doesn't, you know, yeah. If you have one of them redshirts, it doesn't make up from the fact that the other one's still starting and you're still you know, still sitting. Uh, so I think what would happen if both of them showed up, there's going to be a scenario a year or two down the road where one of them is going to transfer out because they came to play football. Uh, so I don't think it's a likely scenario. And yeah, you hate to lose players to other states, but hey, the guy that wanted to be there first jumped on it and got there. So you got to wrap your arms around him and take him. Bill, we don't hit the road much. And if we had the three of us went out on the road, good Lord, what that would look like. But uh, there's people inviting us down to Georgia. I tell you what, I would love to see uh, a big time Georgia high school football game. That's probably on my bucket list being the kind of nerd that I am. Um, all right. Let's fire up the private jet. Let's go. Yeah. Get Bucknuts one on the Buck tarmac. One. Yep. Um, Doug Shepard, what are the things Elijah King needs to work on to get an Ohio State offer? Strength, question mark, too small, question mark, either of you or both? Uh, I think uh, he's <laughs> – tell you what, he made a jump from last year to when I saw him work out this summer, but I think it was in the classroom he had to get his grades up a little bit, quite honestly, and I hate to – talk about kids, you know, off the field, but I think talent wise, he's pretty much there. I mean, he was he, like, every time someone asks me who are maybe the next guys to get an offer, I always bring up his name uh, because he's right in their backyard. They're going to have tabs on him. And, you know, I can remember uh, Malik uh, Harrison from Walnut Ridge being the late uh, offer senior year, you know, Ohio state does that every year. There's always a kid that kind of blows up senior year and he's a candidate for that, is what I would say. Now, could he get stronger? Could he get faster? Could he get bigger? Yeah, but he's he's a pretty good-looking prospect right now with a pretty good offer list. Uh, I would not 100% rule him out. But, yeah, the, the chances are low. But being this is a defensive end need right now, hey, when there's one in your backyard that's pretty close, he's going to get extra scrutiny. There's no question. Remember, recruiting is so fluid. These kids are growing. There are going to be players in this country that were okay as juniors and are Ohio State caliber as seniors. It's just how it works. Yep. It's Ohio State's job to go out and find those dudes or just get Mark's email address. Um, Corey, you know, and, and not what? to digress, but you know, how many times on uh, the, the, during the draft do you see these NFL kids coming from MAC schools and other Big Ten schools, and Ohio State's only got six players drafted, or, and I say only or whatever, but – you know, why isn't all 22 drafted? We should have 22 NFL players. If they're all five stars coming in, all of them should be, you know, well, because like you said, you know, you're not, you're not getting a finished product at 16 years old. You're taking the guy who's winning the race and you just said it a year later, someone else is winning the race and a year later, someone else is winning the race. So if Ohio state and every college coach had their ideal situation, they wouldn't offer kids till after senior season is over. Get the most information possible, let all the dust settle, 
quit trying to predict the future by offering 14 year olds. Uh, that's bad business. It's a high miss rate and you're going to get full. So to your point, not only are there guys that blow up senior year that become Ohio state quality. Yeah, that's more likely the case. That's more likely that if you had more information, you would find more guys that, Oh boy, we thought Ryan Montgomery freshman year was the truth. But come senior year, we have seven or eight other guys that are on his level or better. Sure. Uh, we're, we're four years earlier. You can't see the future. No one can. So we all operate on every the best information we have as of 9 o'clock today. And the genie's not going back in the bottle either. So I don't know how that's going to be dealt with. If, if anything, they're probably going to start offering younger, which is disappointing. Yeah. But And, and, and really, know. of all the Ohio State recruits, if there's 20 or 25 coming in, Someone's 25 on that list. Someone's 24. And the reason they're 25 or 24 is maybe they didn't make the jump that was expected because they were an early committer, an early offer. It, not every kid that gets in these class plays. So we're, I know we go, we've made this point before, but yeah, this is, this is the business we're in, making these early decisions. I can decide to recruit Sam Greer, okay? That's easy. A six-foot-eight yep. freshman who has uh, – angelic feet but uh i'm not and, sure and, and yet we've still not seen him on a football field yet we you know i mean as as, as sure as we are right in the, in the back of my brain i'm like if he plays patty cake on that first snap we got a lot of backtracking we got to do and, and, and by, in big sam go ahead bill by the way sam greer um it is um, he's out right now with an injury, not a season-ending injury. He is going to miss the first couple of games, most likely of the season, but he's going to be fine, and we should see him in the not too distant future. And which also, I want to go back real quick. Mark, you had mentioned seeing Sam Williams Dixon and all, and uh, some people wondered uh, he did not play against uh, Lakewood St. Edward in their scrimmage last weekend. Uh, some wondered, is that a high school transfer thing or whatever? That had nothing to do with transfer. Sam Williams is eligible. He can play at uh, Pickerington North. He just had a slight injury. They held him out. Uh, he is, unless something else happens, he's good to go for the first game. So uh, as soon as uh, someone wants to go out and see Sam Williams Dixon play for Pickerington North, um, he's good to go. His eligibility has nothing to do with it and expect him on the field uh, knock on wood, providing he doesn't have uh, another injury. And, and by the way, Jer I see a Jeremiah McClellan update thing yeah, there. Let's, Bill, let's finish with that, and we'll uh, let people go. Okay. Um, he is announcing on Sunday, August 13th, uh, three teams, really, Ohio State, uh, Missouri, Oregon. Uh, look like Ohio State or Oregon, but uh, Missouri kind of has made a late push. I would not rule them out, but um, – I still have my crystal ball on Ohio State over Missouri and Oregon as things stand right now. And his announcement is Sunday um, at, I believe it's 2 p.m. his time, which would make it 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and again, that would be, you know, another big one. I mean, that would be wide receiver number three for Ohio State. They've already got two five stars in Mylon Graham, Jeremiah Smith. And, and now they look to add, uh, McClellan, who is a high four-star and a guy that they really want. We really appreciate you guys stopping by. Gave you 30 minutes of what we hope was quality infotainment there. 
As a trio, we'll be back on Tuesday, but today our staff is on site. They get the tight ends after practice and Coach Key, so that will be something you need to tune in for. Kate Stover and crew are always rather eloquent with the words, so keep it locked to Bucknuts all day. Have a good one, Bucknuts. Bye.